Thank you, Ricky, for that prayer and that reminder of how God continues to work in the midst of uh, unrest in our nation and in our world. We also uh, are coming to the time when we uh, look at the message, and uh, in our liturgy this week is the story of Pentecost. We've been talking about it all day. Uh, this is 50 days since the women have found the tomb empty, and the city is, is bustling with people. They have all come for this big festival called Pentecost. They have gathered. The streets are bulging. They are in the area of the temple, elbow to elbow and shoulder to shoulder. Something amazing happens. We find that story in Acts, the second chapter, verses 1 through 25. And Ricky, you and I are going to share that story uh, together this morning. When the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place, and suddenly from heaven there came a sound like a rush of a violent wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. Divided tongues, as of fire, appeared among them, and a tongue rested on each of them. And all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit, and began to speak in other languages, as the Spirit gave them ability. Now there were devout Jews from every nation under heaven living in Jerusalem. And at this sound of the crowd gathered and was bewildered because each had heard them speaking in their native language of each. Amazed and astonished, they began to ask, Are not all these who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that we hear each of us in our own native language. Now, Ricky, in this place were all these people from all across Mesopotamia and even as far away as Rome, they spoke many different languages. And yet, as, as Peter and James and John were beginning to share the story of Jesus, they were hearing it in a new way. And, and the uh, evangelist here picks up and says, In our own language, we heard them speaking about God's deeds of power. All were amazed and perplexed, saying one to another, what, what does this mean? And others were sneering and saying, Yeah, they're filled with new wine. But Peter, standing with the eleven, raised his voice and addressed them, Men of Judea and all who live in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and listen to what I say. Indeed, these are not drunk as you suppose, for it's only nine o'clock in the morning. No, this is what was spoken through the prophet Joel. In the last days it will be, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. And your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. Even upon my slaves, both men and women, in those days I will pour out my spirit, and they shall prophesy. And I will show portents in the heavens above, and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and smoky mist. The sun shall be turned to darkness, and the moon to blood, before the coming of the Lord's great and glorious day. Then everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. 
Friends, for the word of God revealed in Scripture, for the word of God revealed in Jesus the Christ, and for the word of God revealed to us this morning. Thanks be to God. We're really excited this morning that we not only have a short word of welcome from Bishop McKee, but Bishop McKee has offered us a Pentecost sermon that he is um, offering to all of our churches across the North Texas Conference, which on this day of Pentecost, when we're reminded of the birthday of the church, the birth of this church that is so much larger than what we are doing in Decatur or even Wise County or even the North Texas Annual Conference, but it is God's Spirit that has filled us across this globe. I'm excited that Bishop McKee has a word to offer us as the North Texas Annual Conference this morning. Would you hear a good word from Bishop McKee? In addition to my response, in addition to my responsibilities as the bishop of the North Texas Conference, I'm also assigned as the bishop to the United Methodist Bishop in Honduras. Some of you know that. And because of that, I've been practicing my Spanish and getting my language skills better in Spanish. As that has been happening, I've discovered that I may go to all the school that I can and I may do some things online, but when I'm immersed in a Spanish-speaking culture, then I begin to understand more and I'm able to say more. Last January was the first annual conference I presided over in the Honduran church, and I remember asking frequently as I began to preside in Spanish, I asked the simple word, Entienden? Do you understand? I mean, I could understand, but I wanted to make sure that other people understood as well. This is Pentecost. We're celebrating Pentecost, and many of you know it as the birth of the church. You know the story well. It's the story in which, once again, those people who had been following Jesus were gathered together. Uh, Much like they gathered after the crucifixion or after they scattered because they didn't know what was going to happen to them, what was next. And then there was the resurrection. And then there were those earthly appearances of Jesus between those several weeks which culminated in his ascension into heavens. And they began to think again, what is next? And then on that day called Pentecost, a Jewish holiday celebration, they were gathered and then there was this wind that moved across them, much like the wind or the breath of God that moved across the waters as the earth was formed. And they began to be reminded that Jesus said that the Spirit would be sent to be on them, to rest upon them. And with the wind were tongues as of fire. Not tongues of fire, but tongues as of fire. But those remarkable thing that happened on that day was as they were listening to people around them, people who were gathered from other places that did not speak the language they spoke, they heard them all speaking and they could hear them in their language. It would be like you were able to hear someone in another language, but somehow you had a a translation device and you were beginning to hear the interpreter or the translator, but it was nothing like that. And they marveled at what was happening and there was this, the tongues as a fire dancing upon them, the rush of the wind, the movement of the Spirit, obviously, and then they could understand each other. There are many ways to interpret the text. There are many ways in which to look at it, but I want you to think about it in this way, is is that indwelling and the giving of the Spirit and being able to understand everybody in their own language was a way in which the Spirit was saying to everyone that the mission of which I'm commissioning all of you who have followed Jesus and witnessed what he has done is a witness 
that is meant for the whole world. For the whole world. And into the known world, some of them went. And they were understood. And they proclaimed good news. I'm standing in St. Andrew United Methodist Church. On this very day, we were scheduled to begin annual conference, and we know that it's been postponed. But I wanted to speak to you from here because to remind you that even though we have plans that sometimes get changed, that there's some things that remain the same. It's not just the building. It's, it's really what remains the same is the good news of Jesus Christ and the witness that we're all engaged in together. Twelve weeks ago, when... I said that we would be closing churches for public gatherings for a period of time. I never imagined that we would be, the 31st of May, still not open for public worship. No one knew the strength of this virus. No one knew how fast it would spread. No one knew that people would still be dying. And I just thought it would be safe for a couple of weeks, maybe four at the most, for us to just do what people were doing, social distancing and staying home. I have to admit, what I was thinking of immediately was, I want to do no harm. I don't want any of our clergy to be infected by the virus because of a gathering on a Sunday morning or Saturday evening. I didn't want any lay person to contract COVID-19 by simply being at a worship service. And what happened is a fast decision then became the rapid pace at which clergy and laity like began to be in ministry. So it's not as if our church is closed, it is as if our church is open in a very new way. And while there are people think, I want to go back so much, one of the things that you've done together is you've been the church so well. You've been able to do ministry in ways you didn't think it was ever possible, and I stay amazed at how it is that even in the midst of this pandemic and things are not able to be done as easily as they once were, and how it is that we... We worship on Zoom or on Facebook Live or any other number of platforms and how it is that it's as if we thought everything would come to a stop. Everything has rapidly increased. I've been on enough Zoom calls that there are a number of people on the screen and you have to go from screen to screen to screen to see everybody. And I was at a Council of Bishops meeting uh, a few weeks ago on Zoom, the largest attendance we'd ever had, people speaking their own language. We were supposed to come muted, but uh, have you ever known a preacher that you could mute? Uh, no one was muted, and people were greeting each other in native languages, and I just sort of sat there and smiled and, and heard all of those voices around me, and I was taken back to perhaps what Pentecost may have been like. But I'll tell you what the birth of the church is like now. It's not that we will go back to the way things were. It's that we will go forward to a new way of doing things. So many pastors have told me it's not as if we will go back to church and forget online. It is we will continue to do both. Uh, Pastors tell me that they are actually uh, preaching to more people than they were before this. And there are more people engaged. And one of the things that we're seeing in the North Texas Conference by and large is the increase not just in activity but the increase of engagement. St. Paul United Methodist Church and its pastor, Richie Butler, is engaged in an initiative that is very important to communities of color and people who live on the margins economically. And that is how to ramp up testing. And so they've engaged with other partners across uh, the city of Dallas to move to 
testing sites and churches a number of ways to really have a sense about where the virus is and how to protect people from it. I'm grateful for that ministry. I'm reminded of a, of a Zoom call I had with those people who were going to be ordained and later that day those people were going to be commissioned on the Monday night of annual conference, June 1, and, and I asked them, so tell me how things have changed and and one of the persons to be commissioned, she told me, she told all the groups, she said, well, one of the things that's happened is, is a group of moms approached me and, I imagine, called her and said, could we have a mom's Bible study on Zoom? And what was thought to be maybe 20 or 30 people, there have been over three or 400 people who've engaged in that at different times. And by that, they can tape the Bible study and watch it at an appropriate times. No one had to travel People could do it on their own, and it's been an ongoing ministry that probably will never stop now. Think of the ease of that. Someone could stay in their home, join their friends on a Zoom call, knowing that they're going to get together at some other time, but I don't have to worry about having suffer with the kids, dash out the door, take some time at the church, go back. Think about that. I'm thinking about the numbers of ways in which people engage to help people in our communities all over the North Conference, Texas Conference to have a meal. Students, children, youth who go to schools and are on free and reduced lunch would go hungry if it were not for the gifts of churches. Your gifts. Your willing to pass out, willingness to pass out food. Think about that. I think about the number of enga other engagements in which the church has been the church in some very unique ways that really begin to hearten me. One of my pastors told me that she had uh, gone to the church on a Friday afternoon. Uh, there were less than 10 people there, and there was a family who had not been in church for some time. Some of them had never been baptized, and they had just happened upon that service of worship and wanted to join and they did. And they showed that video clip online during worship the following Sunday. I don't know what will happen when we finally are able to gather. Some even begin to think that we won't do it with music. But I'm inspired by just singing or seeing a choir sing via Zoom, the Hallelujah Chorus. Think of who else we can touch if we take what is happening and begin to use it in some new and creative ways for the gospel of Jesus the Christ. I'm grateful to you. I'm grateful for you. Clergy and laity like who have just taken this and knowing this is what is best at this time and it may have been able to create a new future I think the most telling piece of the Acts of the Apostles reading for this Pentecost Sunday happens sort of at the end after Peter has uh, Peter begins to preach he then quotes from a prophet that they all knew hear these words Peter to everyone who's gathered that day Hear them in their own language and understand, he says, from the prophet Joel, 
And the last day it will be, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. And this is the verse I like the most. And your young men shall see visions and your old men shall dream dreams. Whether we have named it or not, whether we've acknowledged it or not, young men and young women have had visions of what the church can be. Others of us have begun to dream again. This isn't the worst thing that's happened. But it's not a good thing. But we do know that in all things, God is able to work for good with those who love God and are called according to his purpose. And so I want to thank you for your vision and for your dreams And I just encourage you not to think of this as a celebration of the church's birth, but a celebration of a rebirth into a new future and a new vision. At that annual conference session in Honduras, there was a woman who was the secretary to the annual conference who sat by me and kept the notes and would remind me where we were on on the agenda. Her English, I thought, was better than my Spanish. And I'd said to the congregation several times, Entienden, Entienden, do you understand? And at a break, she, sat, she was sitting there and she put her hand on my arm and said, Obispo. Nosotros entendemos. We understand. Conocemos su corazón. We know your heart. Friends, May our hearts be known. As of the tongues of fire, just in closing, uh, they were really imprinted uh, on Roman coinage above Caesar's head to proclaim not only his authority, but also his perceived divinity. And probably it's not lost on anybody who is really aware of those tongues as a fire. It was God's way of saying, I'm making a mark on all of you who gather here in my son's name. A mark that you have authority to represent the divine presence in this world. And as you leave here, don't forget it. So my question to you is, on this Pentecost day, When we come through this, and even when we gather in church, but most importantly, as you meet people whom you didn't know and people who suffered significantly, there's time. Will they be able to mark and sense that you're one who follows a divine one known as the Christ? What's next? We don't know but I believe God has every confidence in you to bring about a new future for the church. May God bless you. Amen. Thank you, Bishop McKee, for that uh, message of inspiration on this Pentecost Sunday. And for all of you who have gathered and listened and been so faithful over these 12 weeks that we have worshiped together online, I want to say thank you. We have never been closed. We have continued to be the church. 
And because of your generosity, we have continued to make our mark in this community as the disciples of Jesus Christ. And we want to continue that important work. As we go into the summer months, we have so many things that we need to do. And so your giving dollars empower and are used to empower the work of your people in this way. So whether you write out a check and put it in an envelope and stamp it and put it in the mail, and we receive it in our P.O. box and we pick it up faithfully every week, or whether you click on the link that is being thrown into our live feed or can be found at decaturmethodist.org slash give. We know that God will bless every single dollar in significant ways so that we can continue to be the church. Will you pray with me? Gracious and holy God, we give you thanks for your generosity, how you continue to gift us in so many ways. How you have gifted your people in this, this time of, of isolation and quarantine to continue to reach out and be your church. You have indeed empowered us with a new sense of Holy Spirit. And we ask that you bless our dollars that we give out of that generosity that you have bestowed upon us, that we might continue that work in new and significant and innovative ways. We ask this in the power of Jesus Christ, whom we serve. Amen.